knowing who you are is also living who you are. Are you ashamed to be identified as a child of God or a believer in Christ Jesus? Are you letting others know through your lifestyle that you belong to him? If not, it's time for you to own your identity. Today's episode is about standing up, being brave and bold to declare publicly who you are and not be ashamed of it. Come on in and let's talk about it. Own your identity. Okay, now that we know we have new identity because of the new life we have been given uh, through Christ, it is time for us to own this identity and not be ashamed of it. Let's go to 1 John, the third chapter. Let's look at verse number one. Now in verse number one, it says, this is the new international version. It says, see what great love the father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Yes, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Now, we are told here by John that we are children of God. Again, because of this great love that he lavished extravagantly, poured upon us. Remember that we were sinners. We were in rebellion. You know, we were in disagreement with God, yet he still called us children because he had a plan. And that plan was to send his son to pay that debt that we could not pay. Now that's love poured out. All right. Someone paying your debt, you can't pay it and still wants to be in communication with you and not holding it against you. That is the love of the father. And so he calls us his children. But you know, the world doesn't know us. And the reason they don't know us is because they didn't know him. We'll talk about that in a minute. I want to talk about owning this identity, this new life. So where we live now, you know, in culture and society, it's really, really bad to identify as a Christian or a follower of Christ. I mean, there's so much negative connotation associated with Christianity when it should really be the opposite because we are supposed to be the people who reflect the nature and character of God, walking and looking like our big brother Jesus in the world, who did good, right? Um, But there is so much antagonism against Christ. So, I mean, we might as well expect that, right? That's what it's told to us in this word. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. And we shouldn't be surprised by that. But we need to own it. We need to own despite the opposition, despite the conflict it may cause, despite the relationships you might lose, to own your identity as a child of God. Don't be ashamed about it. Um, uh, Don't be afraid to admit it. Don't be afraid to live it. Now, when we talk about own, we're talking about acknowledging something. You know, we're talking about admitting it. 
confessing it. And then I love this, this word here, avowing. That is boldly declaring, even in the face of hostility, the thing that one is expected to be silent about. Y'all, y'all know we're expected to be silent in the government. They call it separation of church and state. And I know there are other reasons of that. But they don't want prayer in schools, even in our courthouses, taking away the Ten Commandments. You know, they don't, I mean, they, they just don't want us to be bold about our identity. We are expected to be silent about who we are. We, everybody else can talk. Everybody else can say, you know, who their, are, their allegiances are to, but not the Christian. We are expected to be silent about it. But it's time for us to acknowledge, to own our identity, to embrace it and to take it on and to not be ashamed about it. What did Jesus say? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, uh, verses 32 and 33, that whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my father in heaven. Now, y'all, we don't want that. We don't want to be people who say we are Christian silently or that we are on this um, secret mission as Christians. And then whenever that day comes, when we stand before the father, Jesus is going to be like, you didn't own me. So, hey, I'm not owning you. Don't let that be your lot. Let's not let it be our lot. We need to own who we are and not be ashamed of it. And then don't even be afraid of the outcome because people talked about Jesus. They're going to talk about you too. <laughs> Jesus said that, right? Let's, let's, let's keep talking about owning your identity, meaning we got to possess it. You know, we got to take hold of it. We got to seize it and we have to do it decisively. You know, we have to decide in our mind beforehand, this is who I am and I'm not ashamed of it. You know, you know, declare that, make that your affirmation every day before you leave the house. Do not forget who you are. Say that. Do not forget who you are, girl. Do not forget who you are, man. You are a child of God. You are a child of the most high. And I'm not ashamed of it. You know, you make all other uh, affirmations in the morning to get yourself going. Why not start with that one? Okay. Now, we got to own this identity, but we have to follow God's example. And we got to walk in the way of love that uh, Christ did, right? And how he loved us and how he sacrificed for us, how he gave himself for us. You know, we've got to learn to follow this example. This is Ephesians chapter five, y'all. So when we start talking about following God's example, that means that we are completely identifying with the life of Jesus. So to know the life of Jesus, guess what you got to do? Study it. Oh, yes, you do. You got to read the Bible and you got to study the life of Jesus. Jesus on this earth was amazing and people still didn't like him. I mean, he performed miracles and did all this stuff, but he was full of compassion. He saw people and he was moved to action to help them, right? Jesus even sacrificed 
his life. He paid the price uh, for our sin debt, a sin he did not commit, a debt he did not owe. So that's sacrificing. And so we can learn a lot about sacrificing. You know, we can we can know we're right and the other person is wrong and we can just, you know, sacrifice letting everybody else know how wrong they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, think about that for a moment. <laughs> so to follow God's example is to imitate his love, is to imitate his mercy by forgiving. That's what Jesus did. That's what God did. By being compassionate. That's what God did. That's what Jesus did. Being slow to anger, being kind, being gracious, being faithful. You know, they talked about Jesus super bad. They called him names, yet Jesus didn't retaliate. They even plotted and planned to kill him, which they did. But, you know, he didn't, you know, try to get them before they got him. No, he lived this life of mercy and love. He was forgiven by nature. And that's something that we have to embrace. That's something we have to seize. And people going to talk, they're going to call you weak. You weak. You forgave that man. You weak. Oh, you let her say that? Oh, I wouldn't have done that. That's weak. No, there is not weakness in meekness. Oh, no, there is strength in that. There is strength in being humble. There is strength in being forgiving. It releases you and unlocks you from some consequences that can be eternal and everlasting. And we don't want that. We want to imitate Christ. When we look at Christ, Christ got up after the persecution. He didn't stay down. He's not in that grave. Christ arose out of that grave with all victory in his hand and all power. So the same is such with us. When we operate in this way, when we learn to be forgiving, when we learn to be compassionate, we can rise up from all of the ills and all of the um, negativity that is thrown our way too. Now let's look at Apostle Paul again. You know, when we talk about following and we do a whole bunch of following y'all, we follow all kinds of people. I mean, y'all, some of y'all following me on this podcast, you're following others. We follow people on social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, you know, we're following people. We're following people we don't even know. We don't know anything about them. We don't know them personally. Maybe we like their messages. Um, We're following people who too are definitely anti-Christ. You know, they'll tell you they don't go to church. They don't believe in church. Uh, they don't believe the Bible this way. Uh, they don't believe everything in the Bible. And yet we are still following them. But look at what the apostle Paul said. So you got to be careful. We have to follow God's example. But the apostle Paul says in first Corinthians, the first chapter and the 11th verse, follow me as I follow Christ. What did he say? He said, I don't want you following me or imitating anything I do unless it looks like it is Christ. He's saying, 
as long as I follow Christ, follow me because I'm going to lead you like Christ leads you. And so we need to be very aware about who we are following. We got to stop following people who do not follow Christ. Stop following them. Stop taking on um, their rhetoric and their ways. Okay. That means when we follow someone, that means that we're giving in to are linking up with their principles and their values. So you'll know who these people are. You'll know them by their fruit. Their fruit. Um, they don't acknowledge God and they do not follow God's example. And so that's what we got to, you know, to do is to completely identify ourselves with the life of Jesus following him. That's what it means. Completely identifying ourselves. So it's time for us to own this identity. Now, it won't be easy. This will not be easy. Opposition is going to come up against you. I've already told you. People are not going to like your stance and your stand. And that could even be people in your family. It could be very close friends. It could be work associates. It could, I mean, the whole world is against him, right? The whole world is against him. Now, what can you expect, right? Owning your identity, you will not be understood. You will not be taken seriously. I just read it to you. First John 3 and 1. The world does not know us. The reason this is, is because they did not know him. They did not understand Jesus. They, you know, there was already a culture, just like we got a culture today. Whatever it is, Jesus acted counter it and they couldn't understand. And the same thing is true today. Once we take on our new identity, once we um, um, own it, we're not going to be taken seriously because we are counter culture. You can expect to be disliked. You can be expect to be hated. Jesus said this. He said, you will be hated by everyone because of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. That's Matthew chapter 10, verse 22. Expect that. Expect it. We are expecting to be liked and loved by everyone. What we want to do is check our social media feeds and our posts of our pictures, our words, and see how many likes and loves we get. Now, it used to be a thing when I first got on Facebook, you were just interested in the like. Now you want the love because they elevated it, right? Because like just wasn't enough. And now if we're not getting enough loves, we're not satisfied. No, expect it. Jesus said, expect to be disliked, expect to be misunderstood and not taken seriously, expect to be hated. He says, expect to be called all sorts of evil things. People gonna name call you. They gonna call you out of your name. They gonna label you with things that's not true about you because they do not understand your new identity. Check out what Jesus said in Matthew, the 10th chapter in the 25th verse. He says, if those people call me the ruler of demons, he's talking about Beelzebub, and I am the head of the family, you know, he's talking about us, the believers, then it is even more certain that they will insult you. Like they did it to me. Guess what? 
they going to do it to you, the members of my family. We should not think that we're greater than our big brother, Jesus. We should not expect to go into places or to live in society and and culture as believers and children of God and to think that we're going to be received by the world. Oh no, they did not receive Jesus. And you know, some of these were church folk. Well, I mean, you know, they were in the synagogue. So you got to expect that. Those are some negative things you can expect. But guess what? You can also expect to be loved. Yes. And love not by the world, but love by God. Y'all get this. In 1 John 4, 9 and 10, it says, this is how God showed his love to us. He sent his only son into the world to give us life. What kind of life, y'all? New life. Hey, through him. True love is God's love for us, not our love for God. He sent his son as the way to take away our sin. God's love is demonstrated, y'all. It's not that we came to him saying how much we loved him. No, we did not. We did not. It's how he poured it out and showed us his love for us. Amen. Through Jesus. So expect to be loved. Expect to have that love that will never fade or fail or pass away. Expect that love that is not conditional. It's unconditional. You can error and still be loved by God, but get it right. Repent. You know, get rid of that error. Come confessing your sin so you can be in right relationship with God. You can also expect to be protected on this identity. All right. You can be protected because the Lord, your God is your protection. He's the one that you should run to. He's your shield, right? He's your hiding place. He's your fortress. He is your rock. He is your place of safety. And if you are in the hand of God, can nobody take you out? Who can usurp his authority? Who is more, you know, powerful than him? He said that the weapons formed against you, even though they formed, they won't prosper. Why? Because he made everything that went in the weapon. <laughs> so it's under him. It's not stronger than him. Y'all read Psalms 18 and verse number two to find out about how this psalm is, you know, delighted and, and rejoiced in the fact that God is your protection. So you too, in this new life, you get protected. You also provided for. God is not short on anything. He will give you everything you need, meet all your needs because you are in Christ Jesus. You don't have to worry about lack. It may look funny and your change may look strange, but look, that's nothing to God. He can give you what you need, whether it's favor whatever it God is able to do it you're provided for you will forever have a constant companion yes you will Jesus said that when he uh goes away that's what he told his disciples that he was going away but he said I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate some translations say comforter to help you and be with you forever that's John 14 16 you have a constant companion, someone who walks with you, will guide you, remind you of the things that Jesus said. It will, he will guide you and 
direct you. You just got to have an open heart, not quench him, not grieve him, not turn him off, not ignore him. You have a constant companion. That's what you can expect in this new life, owning it. You know, when mother and father forsake you, when the friends are gone, you still have a constant companion in the Holy Spirit. And also you have an ever attentive ear. Like God is always listening for his children. You know, he says, call to me. This is Jeremiah 33 and three. And I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you didn't know. He says that the prayers of the righteous are the ones that avail. He's saying, you know, if you call to me, I will listen to you. He is forever listening. He wants to hear from you. You know, sometimes you can pick up the phone and call your friend and they don't answer. It could be they're looking right at your picture, show up on their phone and they don't feel like it right now. But not God. God isn't that way. God is forever attentive. He has an ear to hear our prayers. And then the last one I'm gonna drop with you is you have a family full of brothers and sisters. Jesus said that he could promise that anyone who left their home, their brothers, their sisters, their mother, their father, children, um, anyone on account of him and for the good news about him, he says a hundred times more they would receive. So listen, don't worry about the things you're going to lose because of you owning your identity. Everything you lost, God can give back to you in abundance, in more measure than you can ever think, ask, or imagine. Own your identity. Y'all, it's time for us to do it. It's time for us to stand up and and be recognized as the children of God and to stop our hiding, you know, and not be fearful of persecution. You know, the three Hebrew boys in Daniel chapter three, they own their identity. They refuse to bow down to any other God. They refuse to worship the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set, uh, set up. They stood in that face of danger, declaring their trust and faith in Almighty God. That's what we got to do. And then our big brother, Jesus, he owned his identity too. Yeah, I know y'all say, well, it was easy for him. No, he was, he still had to own who he was. Even when Satan came in the garden, uh, in the wilderness, after Jesus had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he tried to get him to deny his identity by saying, if you are the son of God, you know, Jesus told him, you know, listen, I don't take my orders from you. I know that's not how it's written in the Bible, but he said that man does not live on bread alone, but, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Jesus was letting the enemy know, I don't take my orders from you. I don't obey you. You are a stranger. I listen to my father. And that's exactly how we need to be. Jesus did not comp compromise. He did not comply with the current culture's way of living during his time. He did not allow uh, the critics and the criticisms of him to keep him from what he was there to do or to uh, cause him to forget who he was. Jesus did not shrink back 
to fit into their cliques and groups. He didn't care about the likes. He didn't care about the crowds coming out for him. You know what Jesus did? Because they, he was not accepted by them, he had his own group. He had his own group, y'all. Get you some good followers. Jesus remained true to his identity, right? He was true to his identity. And we need to be true also to our identity, this new identity identity we get in Christ, the new creatures that we are, not bowing down, not cowering or shrinking back, disowning who we are because of fear. No, it's time to own your identity. People need to know this God that you serve. They need to see a difference in this world where there is chaos and confusion, where there is discord and disharmony, where there is hatefulness and a lack lack of care and concern for people. Come on, let's let these lights shine. Come on, let's own our identity. Father, we thank you so much for giving us new life in Christ Jesus. Thank you for letting us know that it's time for us to stand up and to stand out, to stand boldly, declaring that you are God and you are God alone. Father, grant us the wisdom to carry out this new identity. Thank you for every provision. Thank you for every protection. Thank you for every covering. Thank you, Lord God, for giving us everything we need for this life. Hallelujah. All right, y'all. This has been your daily dose and a daily dose of God's word. It's good for the soul. Be blessed.